My name is Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 218 of The Kate Show. Guys, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023. May God bless this year and make it so much better than some of the years we've been going through. What a roller coaster, right? Well, today I'm going to kick off this new year by sharing some boundaries that I use as a work-at-home mom. And whether you are a mom or not, you might find these boundaries to be helpful. Not that you need to copy what I'm doing, but if it inspires you to create boundaries within your own business or even your own personal life, then I will consider this a job well done on my part. Because boundaries don't keep things away from you. They help you do your best work and live the life that God intended for you if those boundaries are well thought out and in alignment with your belief system. I know I'm getting kind of deep here, but I have received so much feedback from you guys, from my listeners, that you really appreciate that I am open about my faith in God. And, you know, I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ and the good news that he gives us. And I want to really highlight that as we go into this new year, because if you believe in God, it changes everything about your personal life and about your business and how you handle stress. Not that you don't get stressed out, trust me. (laughs) Queen of stress over here. But it does affect how you handle it and whether you choose to cover it or give it to him. So let's talk about some boundaries because life is going to be hard no matter who you are. And if you're a follower of God, life actually tends to be even harder because the enemy likes to make sure that we are turning our burdens or our blessings into burdens rather. Um, That's what he would like for us to do. But God says, no, 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 this is the good thing that I have for you. Let's protect it. Let's protect your brain so that you're not overwhelmed and so that you can show up and be the person you were called to be for your children, for your spouse, and for your clients. So that's why boundaries are important. That's my very long spiel. You're welcome for the sermon. Now, what prompted this episode? Well, a lot of things. First of all, I do get asked by people, like, how do you do it all? And they They'll be looking at my podcast, and they're looking at this baby in my arms, the toddler running circles around my legs, and I'm just like, what do you mean, how do I do it? What are you talking about? And of course, I know full well what they mean. I just like to stall when I don't have a good answer, because that's the inner politician in me. And they're just like, uh, how do you run a business and be a mom and host a podcast? It seems like a lot. It is. It is a lot, guys. And I wish I could say... Well, I just make it happen, because that would really impress people and make me look good. (laughs) And as an Enneagram 3, obviously I like to look good. But the truth is that this is a lot, and I am not as cool as I hoped I would be at this point. I can't do all of it. I get stressed out really easily, to be honest, and I'm still adjusting to having two children, a growing team, and a brand, and the opportunities that come with that. But again, I am not going to let my blessings become my burdens. So in today's episode of The Kate Show, I'm not giving you a tutorial on how to be a great mompreneur, because I actually have no idea how to do that. Today I'm sharing a few of the struggles, solutions, and boundaries I've uncovered thus far in my journey. And if you run a business and have kids, or you plan to in the near future, it's time to listen up, because it is about to get real. But before we get into all of that, I do want to thank a couple of today's sponsors. First one, HoneyBook. I use HoneyBook all the time, and we pretty much use it for all our custom services now. So if you sign up for a custom website with us or Pinterest, 
you get a series of onboarding emails, you get questionnaires, you get your proposal and the contract, the invoice, all of that, and it's all automated and it comes at just the right time and I don't have to think about it. It's absolutely amazing and you can use this for your own clients in your design, organizing, staging business, whatever you have, and it makes you look really professional without having to try too hard and I love that. You can use the code SOCIALITE for 50% off your entire first year of HoneyBook. Go to share.honeybook.com forward slash SOCIALITE to use your code. Also, this episode is brought to you by Side Door. I love Side Door because as an interior designer, you don't necessarily want your clients to shop around you and go to retail stores and just try to recreate the look you're doing. You actually want them to buy those trade-only products from you and make a nice profit on what you're selling. On average, interior designers make a 30% commission when they sell trade-only products through Side Door, and those products include many of your favorite manufacturers, like Forehands, for example. There's a lot of others, I just can't think of them right now. <laughs> but if you go to onsidedoor.com, you can apply to join. It is completely free for you to join right now. I can't promise that it will always be free, but it's a great income opportunity if you are looking to leverage your income, stop trading hours for dollars, and make money, not while you sleep, because that is a misnomer, but make money strategically and intentionally, even if you don't take them on as a full design client or a full organizing or staging client, you can still serve them. You can curate rooms and they can pick out their collection that they love, buy all the products, you get that huge commission, and you don't have to deal with any of the back orders or the shipping because Side Door takes care of all of it. If I were an interior designer, I would be using Side Door, like absolute, not a doubt in my mind, I would be rocking it because it's the coolest thing ever and it actually makes sense. All right, guys, let's get into today's episode, three business boundaries I use as a work at home mom. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. Like many of you, I have a team that supports the daily operations of my business from in-house professionals like managers and assistants to outside sources like my CPA and my financial advisor. Everyone does something that benefits the business and everyone is skilled in their own fields because guys, I can't imagine managing my bookkeeping, taking consulting calls and overseeing my tax or retirement planning. Like ew, yuck, gross. Similarly, I cannot work on work while hanging out with my three-year-old daughter and I've learned the hard way to avoid taking both my kids to the grocery store at the same time for a big grocery haul, because, uh, cue the tears. Not them. Me. <laughs> in short, I need just as much support in my personal life as I do in my professional life. Yes, I stay home with my baby boy, and I work. But that's where my so-called independence ends. I have house cleaners that make my house sparkle every two weeks. I use online grocery ordering and pickup. I hire people to clean my windows and do the landscaping and clean the carpets and all the other things that I know I'll never make time to do, but I really need them done. Now, I am very spoiled and blessed because my husband, Matt, helps me with, like, everything, and I never have to ask him to do anything because he's doing stuff that I don't even know need to be done. 
And plus, he's often cooking dinner. He'll take our daughter to school, swimming lessons, dance class. And he's also my for real and on payroll chief financial officer. Yes, my husband, Matt, is my CFO. I remind him often that I'm his boss and I could technically fire him, but he's really not worried. So I guess I'm not that scary of a boss. <laughs> my husband is not just a help to me. He is actually my other half. And we are two very independent people who have intentionally woven our daily lives together, both professionally and personally. Our daughter attends a daycare slash 3K program for like four days a week. And we don't have the option to drop off our kids at their grandparents' house. And we don't have the option to have uh, parents babysit for us. That's a whole other story. They're wonderful, but it, it doesn't work that way. And it's been a challenge because that means it's really just me and Matt. It has made us all the more reliant on each other and also on the paid help. We are totally willing to pay for good help. Why am I telling you all of this? Well, because I don't want you to think, oh, Kate has such an easy life. I mean, in some respects, yes, I do. I have all the help in the world and it is absolutely wonderful. And yes, I pay for most of it and that's okay. I'm happy to do it. I love supporting other small businesses. But I also want you to understand that you have to really change your expectations as a business owner when you become a parent. It doesn't mean that you lower your expectations by any means. It doesn't mean that you hold yourself to a lower standard, but it means you have to completely reframe your brain because my work days are not like everyone else's work days. And my dynamic, even with my spouse, is not maybe, well, I know it's not traditional and it just might not be what a lot of you have experienced and that's fine. You have to be okay with being completely different. When my business really took off and my husband was able to quit his full-time job as a remodeling carpenter, I remember my grandma looking at me with deep concern and she was like, so he doesn't have a job? And I was like, well, uh, he works with me now. And she's just like, I don't even know what you do. And I'm like, I know. Nobody does. I know. Sometimes I don't even know what I do. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to give you that real behind the scenes look because this is a very interesting time to be an entrepreneur. We can be mothers and we can be businesswomen. It's great, but it's kind of uncharted territory and the burnout can get really intense sometimes. I'm not trying to paint a rosy picture of complete balance and bliss. This is reality. Sometimes reality is challenging to navigate, but to keep the chaos at bay, I'm going to share with you a few boundaries that my husband and I have implemented to make things easier, or at least we hope things get easier. <laughs> we have little kids, you know, life is going to be just challenging for a little bit. But the first boundary is setting actual working hours. So if my daughter is not at daycare, I do not work. This means I have to be intentional with my time when she's away. I set aside Monday through Thursday, eight to four to work on my business for the week. However, now that I have another baby in my arms, that schedule is anything but linear. I work while he naps, and sometimes I'll work while he's playing contentedly, but if he wakes up early from a nap, or he's sick, or he needs me for some other reason, as babies tend to, work is the first thing that I drop. I've learned the hard way not to overbook myself because of this, but instead I schedule in white space that will allow for a constant but cute interruption in the form of my son, Salen. And that's why my calendar is often booked for phone calls several weeks in advance. And actually, if you guys are on my waiting list for a phone call, I want you to hear this, okay? This is intentional. 
I could cram so many phone calls in and really shorten up my waiting list, but my priority is my family, just as I'm sure yours is if you have kids. That is why instead of saying I'm not doing any more consulting calls until my um, child is a bit older, I'm saying, yes, I'm going to do a little bit of that so that when someone books a call with me, they have my full attention and they're not dealing with a version of me that is stressed out because I can barely cram everything in. So honestly, that's the beauty of a boundary. You know that when you book a call with me, you have my full attention. Yes, my baby might be there on the call. You might hear him talk too. He does like to add some commentary, but you are going to be one of two people I talk to that day. That's it. That means I am fully engaged and fully focused on the problems you have in your business, in your marketing. And if it's one of those calls where we're just trying to figure out if we should work together, then you know we're going to have an in-depth conversation and we're going to take as much time as you need so that you can make a good decision for your business. So that's like a real life example of why that boundary is so important. I intentionally only allow a small number of phone calls and meetings per week. And the thing is, I really believe in undercommitting and over-delivering versus the opposite, because the opposite becomes more of a character flaw, and that would be a big problem. And I only have so much time in the day. I have to spend it wisely. Time is my currency, which is something that I am totally blatantly copying from Jenna Kutcher, by the way. If you guys don't know Jenna, she is another entrepreneur and a mom in the marketing space. She has a podcast, The Gold Digger Podcast. It's not specific to the home industry, but you might enjoy it, so you should go check it out. Now, in the past, I have tried a lot of different work schedules as a mom. I have tried working late into the night because I am more of a night owl, but I quickly learned that is a fast path to self-destruction because one or both of my kids wake me up several times a night. That's a whole other story in and of itself that I will not get into here. And they also wake up early, especially my daughter, which means that the only sleep I get is when they are sleeping. And if that's not happening very much, the silliest thing for me to do is stay up late and work. Now, fortunately, my husband can sleep through a freaking tornado and he never hears the antics of his midnight loving offspring, at least for now. So he's getting enough sleep. <laughs> anyway, that is why I work during the day when my son is napping. And it is a bit challenging right now. I'm going to be fully transparent because he is going through different sleep regressions and growth spurts and he's gotten a couple of viruses lately. Um, both my kids had RSV twice back to back. It was insane. Um, and that's honestly what I'm coming off of right now. So it's funny that I'm recording an episode about working as a mom when I've just gone through hell. <laughs> like No work was done for pretty much two weeks. I had sick children. Thankfully, they did not have to be hospitalized like so many of our friends' children did with the same virus. But it is challenging. So if you are a business owner and you're about to become a parent and you're like, is it going to be hard? Or you are already a parent and you're like, why is this so hard? Well, it's not because you're doing anything wrong. This is just, again, the reality of the situation. And that's why you have to have boundaries and you have to have white space. And if you don't have family members who can help you pay for the help, because even if it makes you feel a little bit stretched financially, it will actually save your sanity in the long run and allow you to be a better business owner and a better parent and a better spouse. All right. My next boundary is limited commitments. This is kind of going off of what I was just talking about, but let's dive into it a little deeper. 
I say no more than yes to business opportunities and even personal events. So last minute meetings? Nope. Less than a week's notice for family events? Can't do it. Attend any events that start after 5 p.m.? That would be a hard pass. Recently, I had someone say to me, you need to leave the house sometime. Let's go to lunch. As I was standing there holding my baby boy who was still recovering from RSV. And I was like, ah, uh, yeah. So the thing about it is, as a mom, it doesn't really matter if I want to go do something or not. My baby needs me. Here I am. This is just what it is. And you know how babies are. When they're sick, they just want mom, not dad. <laughs> my poor husband, he does try so hard. But if I ever start to feel sorry about saying no all the time, I remind myself that my kids are only little for a very short time, and I will have the rest of my life to say yes to every wild idea, lunch date, or collaboration that comes my way. But for now, no is my safe word. Today's episode of The Kate Show is brought to you in part by the Window Coverings Association of America. If you're an interior designer, a window treatment specialist, or an installer looking for business growth, listen up. With an annual membership to the WCAA, you'll receive trade discounts, ongoing education, and an exclusive listing in their homeowner-facing directory of professionals, which, by the way, guys, makes it a lot easier for people to find you. Whether you've been working in the home industry forever or you're fresh out of design school, the WCAA can help you take your business to the next level, whether you're just trying to scale up or you're just getting started. Go to wcaa.org for more details. My third boundary is a cost-benefit analysis. So let me explain this. My husband and I try to approach our daily decisions with intention. Of course, try is the key word here. For example, we purchased a spec home several years ago, and we've been trying to make some key updates to it because, I mean, I don't have to tell you guys, but I'm going to anyway. Builder-grade homes are very builder-grade, and it's nice. We, we like it, it's cute and everything, but they put flat ceiling paint on the walls. Yeah, so if my German Shepherd or my toddler or myself <laughs> get food or dirt on the walls, I couldn't even wipe it off without taking the paint off and seeing the drywall. Like, it was ridiculous. And the basement wasn't finished um, there was actually a mold issue in the basement, even though it was a brand new build, wasn't insulated correctly, a whole just mess, okay? Now, the cool thing is, my husband is a former lead carpenter, he used to work for a remodeling contractor, so he was able to fix all of that, and he built out our basement so that it's absolutely beautiful, it increased the value of our home, it saved a ton on contracting fees, because, you know, he knows what he's doing, he's a professional, and he's not a DIYer, so it, it was just very cool. I'm very, very blessed to have him. But we knew we were not going to be the ones to finish the drywall or repaint the entire house ourselves. We just knew that flat ceiling paint on the walls absolutely had to go. So we hired a pro to do that. And we hired someone else to complete the concrete curbing for our landscaping and do a whole bunch of other things. Because, yeah, we could have done some of it ourselves, but our philosophy is if someone else can do it faster and better, or if we can earn more money in the 10 hours that it would be for someone else to do that, then we make the hire. So if in 10 hours we're going to pay someone X amount, but because we're paying them, we're actually able to go focus on work and make, you know, two or three times that, then why not? This is the same method I follow in my business. 
For example, my bookkeeper keeps our financials tidy and accurate much better and faster than I could because I don't even know how to use QuickBooks beyond sending invoices, so I'm clearly unqualified for the job. Sure, I could save over $400 a month if I didn't hire a bookkeeper. However, the bookkeeping would not get done, and if it did get done, it would not be accurate, and that affects things like how many taxes we owe at the end of the year. So you see why some of these investments are important, and you have to do a cost-benefit analysis to figure out, am I actually saving money by doing all of this by myself? Chances are, the answer is no. But it actually brings up a good point. Are you the most qualified person to be doing whatever it is you're doing in your business? Now, you don't have to outsource everything, but you should certainly be outsourcing the big items like tax planning and accounting, unless, of course, you were in those positions in your previous career. Now, even if you feel financially stretched hiring these people now, you will be amazed by how much money they can save you at the end of each fiscal year. So just a hot tip for you there. But let's talk a little bit more about you now. How can you set boundaries that grow your business? If you're wearing too many hats in your business or your personal life and you feel so scattered that you can't take on anything more, you can't go to the next level, then you need to consider implementing boundaries. And here are a few to consider. First one is outsource or hire based on skill sets. What can someone do better than you? This creates a boundary around your capabilities and allows your family or your business to be served by those who can do it best. You also need to focus on your overall goals. You'll never be able to scale your business if you stay stuck in the weeds. Look at how you're spending your time, both professionally and personally, and ask yourself two questions. First, does this task actually even need to be done at all? And number two, if this task does need to be done, who could do it better and faster than you? You might find that a lot of what you're doing is just busy work that has no real benefit to your business or your family. Drop those tasks like they're hot and focus on doing the things that need to be done and can only be done by you. The other thing, like I said, is create white space in your business and in your personal schedule. Don't overbook yourself. Leave room for mishaps and rest and creativity. If you're working in your business but not on your business, you definitely need white space. You need to distance yourself from the everyday workings to get the bird's eye view of where you are in business, where you want to be, and how to get there. Because sometimes we just stop and we're like, I think I know where I'm at and I think I know where I want to go, but I have no idea how to get there. And then you just stay stuck for, you know, ever. That's not a fun place to be and you'll get very burned out. Another boundary that you should consider is scheduling, planning, and preparing for your work hours. So going back to what I said earlier, having official working hours will help your brain focus when it's time to get work done and allow your brain to switch gears when it's time to do something else, like be a parent. Now, I'm a little bit of a hypocrite right now because I am working and taking care of a baby at the same time, but I just have a micro schedule in there. He's napping. Okay, I'm going to go record a podcast. Okay, he's napping again. I'm going to take a phone call, stuff like that. The final boundary is that you actually need to be okay with flexibility because that will reduce your stress. And I'm really preaching to myself right now. But the biggest compliment my three-year-old daughter Sadie has ever given me on my work is when she said, when I'm a mom, I'll work while my kids are at school, just like you. And sometimes when she's playing pretend, she'll be like, I have a meeting. I have to go make a phone call and my kids are at school right now. And like, she just understands like mom works when I'm at school, but she doesn't often see me working when she's home. Now, sometimes she does and that's okay, but I want her to see the delineation and the boundary. There are times I have to answer emails or take a call when she's home. 
Sometimes her dad and I have to have a business meeting when she's playing with her brother. I want her to see us running the business, but I don't want her to see the business running us because otherwise that teaches her to go do the same thing. And that's one of my biggest concerns as a mom, like knowing what I'm doing with my life and the struggles I'm putting myself through will become the same choices and struggles my daughter will likely go through by choice, like by my choice. So I have to be very careful about the choices that I make. All right. So going back to something I said at the beginning of this episode about not letting your blessings become your burdens. Again, this episode is not a tutorial on how to manage time or business or family or how to be a mompreneur because I am still learning how to do all of this. I hope that you're going to find helpful tips and learn from my errors because being a parent is the most difficult and most rewarding job I have ever had. And being an entrepreneur still makes me excited for Monday morning. But if I didn't use boundaries, I would become very bitter about all of these different roles. And how sad would that be? I'm trying not to let my blessings become my burdens. And I'm trying my best to live out this philosophy. God has given me more than I ever asked for. And he has allowed me to work really freaking hard to get here. Did you catch that? He has allowed me to work hard to get here. There is something wonderful about working hard. There's a, a verse in the Bible, and I don't remember where it is, but it said something about how it brings so much joy for someone to have work that they love. And that's true. I wouldn't want to not have a job. Like if I won the lottery tomorrow, I would still run this business because it's my calling. It's very fulfilling. I love serving and working with all of you. And I want you guys to feel the same way about your business. If you would still be running your business today, if you won the lottery last week, you know that you have built a business you love. Now, some of you are still in the throes of brand new business, brand new entrepreneurship. That's really hard. I know it's hard because I've been there and I'm thankful I went through that. I'm glad I know how scary marketing can be. I'm glad I know how painfully slow business growth is. I'm glad it hasn't been easy because now I get to look at the next entrepreneur behind me and show them what's possible. So if you are the next entrepreneur in line, welcome to the crazy world of business and family and following your God-given dreams. I promise you it is going to be a great ride. All right, guys, that's what I have for you today. Now, if you are interested in outsourcing and you're like, how do I know who to hire first or who should I hire? I have some resources for you in the show notes of this episode. Go to the kateshowpodcast.com episode 218. Resources are always found at the end of the show notes. And I have a list of professionals I hire in real life. Like you could go hire my CPA if you wanted. She specializes in working with female owned businesses, though, if you're a dude, she'll totally work with you. Not a problem there. Uh, she just is trying to niche down like that. And if you're like, I don't even know who to hire first, much less like pick a person. Well, I also have a past episode on who you should hire first. And there's no like straight answer. It kind of just depends where you're at in business. And my other episode will walk you through that. So again, go to the kateshowpodcast.com episode 218 for the show notes and resources of this episode. And until next time, guys, keep your marketing simple, your message clear, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.